I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons about. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Les Hangout, a podcast full of lesbian feelings. From the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. And from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. Before we get started today, we just want to have a couple pre-show announcements again to remind you that we have merchandise. You can find it if you go to our Tee Public store, which you can get to by going to bit.ly slash lesshop. Tons of good designs up there that you should totally put on your body. That would be the best choice. <laughs> Stickers all over your body. Or a mug. I mean, whatever. But, you know, <laughs> body's best. Uh, and also, we have a Patreon, and you should check out our Patreon. It's a great way, A, to help support the podcast, and B, to get access to fun things like watching Les Essentials movies with us and getting to hear outtakes of the show if you want to hear more of Ellie and I sounding like idiots. That's there. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we also have a Les Essentials viewing party coming up for Carmilla. So if you want to get in on that, join our Patreon pretty much immediately. <laughs> Do it. Do it now. Do no it. peer pressure. And without further ado, this is episode 15. Bury your gaze. Oof. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Which definitely... <laughs> gives us a lot of lesbian feelings so that's there's gonna at. be a lot of feelings today i think this was something that we wanted to do we we are gearing up for Clexicon uh next week which i guess is this week by the time this comes out we are super excited for that i know a lot of our listeners are super excited for that and obviously the whole barrier gaze trope and that whole idea is the motivating factor for the convention and so we thought that we would take the opportunity today uh, to just do a quick episode in preparation 
where we talk about some lesbian deaths that have given us all of the feels. Which there are a lot of them, but I think we <laughs> we can narrow it down to our most important. For those of you who don't know what barrier gaze is, just in case, barrier gaze is a trope that has shown up in television shows and movies since the beginning of television and movies, or the beginning of gays in TV and movies. <laughs> since the beginning of gays. Yes, yeah, since the beginning of gays. Since gays have gayed on the earth, there have been people marrying. <laughs> so sad. Going to a dark place That's, real fast. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but for those of you who don't know what that is, uh, basically, writers... Instead of giving gay characters a happy ending, they just kill them off. And so yes. we end up with a ridiculous amount of poor, sad, dead lesbians. Dead. And especially lesbians. Yeah, especially lesbians. Gay men yeah. as well. We don't want to discriminate. No, not not to discriminate, but it does tend to be predominantly female gays that get that get killed off. So lesbian or, or bisexual female characters. Yeah. Um, is more common. So, and this, I mean, there's a lot that's been done on this. I know there's Autostraddle. I don't know if they put it together, but I know they cover every year a report on LGBT representation in the media that kind of breaks down a lot of these numbers. There's other organizations that do it as well. I know Les Watch TV has a great database of all of this information. We've even had some of you have sent us, I think we had a, a listener who emailed us her senior thesis or something on LGBT deaths or lesbian deaths and media representation. So there's lots of people who care about this, lots of this being looked into. And it's something that we love hearing about, love learning more about, because I think it's important. You know, it's something that matters to all of us, certainly. Uh, and that's why we wanted to share with you what are the characters' deaths that have most impacted us, you know, impacted Ellie and impacted myself, so... That's what we're going to be talking about today. We're each kind of picking our, can you say favorite lesbian death? There's not a favorite lesbian death. Yeah, favorite sounds really rough. (laughs) It's it's a bad way to say it. For me, it was my first lesbian death. Okay. And so therefore, I think the most impactful. I was not aware of the barrier gaze trope when this happened, and it just, it really hit me. I'm just going to dig into... Yeah, kick us off. Do it. My heart. My love. (laughs) Dana Fairbanks. Ugh. It Uh, hurts just saying her name. I can't. And here's the thing. So I went to a very gay college. I've talked about this quite a few times. We both really lucked out, Holly. Yeah. In life in general, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Just being lesbians. But (laughs) we won the gay lottery. But uh, at my college, there were quite a few lesbians. And I was friends with a lot of them before I came out. Because gay magnetism. This is literally every episode is just in this right now. <laughs> We're going to throw back to everything. Throw back. throw back to every episode. But I remember being in one of my friends, Kelsey's dorm rooms, and her and my friend Amelia were watching the L word. And they were right in the middle of the season where Dana dies. I vaguely remembered that because I I hadn't watched the show I was straight so I wasn't really I was like oh this is an interesting show okay things are happening but I feel lost because I'm sort of in the middle of it fast forward to when I come out and I start watching the show and I knew in the back of my mind I knew that Dana was gonna die I knew it Mm. and even when it happened it still was just heart-wrenching first of all Dana and Alice are my favorite lesbian couple 
ever. Are you going to say that? Because I have heard you say some strong feelings about caffeine that I don't know if I believe you right now. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> they're up there. Let's say they're up there. Okay, okay. Lee. I'm, I'm, an all, I'm an all or nothing gal. So. I'm just keeping you honest. That's Thank all. Thank you. Everyone's my favorite. <laughs> they were my first, like, loves, loves, loves. Yeah. So I was mourning Dana and Alice's breakup. Then... You have Dana and her new girlfriend, whatever, new slash old girlfriend. I hated that whole storyline. Let's get out of there. But because <laughs> also you have Alice, who is just undying in her devotion to Dana. Yeah. I think Dana was also really rough for me because in a way I identify with Dana. I saw Dana. She was this sort of awkward, quirky, really <laughs> pretty uncomfortable person, but so endearing. And that sounds, I guess, <laughs> that sounds weird to say that I think that I'm endearing. But <laughs> but still, I saw her and I recognized some qualities that I also possess. Yeah. And seeing yourself on screen and then seeing yourself die. So brutally, too. So brutally and so just unnecessarily. Mm. It just really, it impacted me. I I went into mourning. Like, she was a real person, you know? She was a real person. I think that's the thing that's hard to ignore with some of these, is that these characters become real people to us, you know? And I think Dana especially. Dana was such a real person because she was, she was relatable in so many ways. She was so human. I think she embodied a lot of the journey of... Not necessarily coming out, but I think coming into your sexuality in a way that a lot of us really connected to, you know, of how do I tell if a girl's gay? How do I tell if she's into me? How do I handle having my life and and being open and being confident with it? And there were so many things that Dana did on that show that yes. I think meant a lot to a lot of people. Not that other characters didn't. That she did so much and she represented so much. And, you know, yeah, watching that just sort of crumble before you. I mean, it was. Ugh, it was so hard. rough. And then it's hard. I still like you are my sunshine. Yeah. Can't hear it. I can't listen to the song. I can't. Can't and, do it. And my mom used to sing that to me like when I was younger. <laughs> it was like such a cute. Oh, there's so many feels. That and go it's along forever with that tainted. It's gone. And yeah, all sadness. There is a part of the barrier gaze trope where at the point where a character is the most happy is when they mm. kill them, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that was such a huge thing with Dana was, like you said, she went through this whole journey of coming out, of having that really weird engagement where she wasn't happy, but <laughs> she, she was a, like, to I'm a, a lesbian, psycho. this is a girl, I don't know. Yeah. You know, and she she finally got to a place where she was comfortable with herself, where she was happy and in love. And even though I wanted yep. her to be with Alice, she was happy and she was in love. And it was at that point that her life fell apart. Yeah. You know, so it it does it makes you feel like, can these people not be happy? Like, can I not be happy? Right. Does it get better? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it gets yeah. better. And then you die. What? I think that's why, because Dana still is, uh, is for Kelsey as well. She can't do it. She no. can't. We've tried to rewatch the show, and as soon as we start getting anywhere close to where Dana's going to start getting sick, we just 
she doesn't want to watch anything anymore. I think we'd have to skip skip the episodes to get through it because I don't think she'll she'll do it. Every time I rewatch the L word, I only watch I only watch the cruise episode because Dana and Alice are together and they're so cute <laughs> and everything's happy and great. That's how I like to remember Dana Fairbanks in that captain outfit. I think the first time that I ever watched any of it and I watched it with with my wife, it was in college and it was probably like the first year that we were dating. So it was her, you know, kind of her first year of coming out and being out and that's I think she related to Dana in a lot of the same ways you know and just and it hits so hard it just really <sighs> yeah oof, I know we still love you Dana we will never forget I will never forget Dana <laughs> so I thought about this and I almost picked Dana as well how do you not all of us still mourn you know mm-hmm. Daily, mostly. <laughs> yeah. You just, sometimes you just have that quick moment of, oh, God, Dana, why? But I think my first death, and it's funny because a lot of the things that you were saying, I'm going to say the exact same thing about mine, which is Tara dying in Buffy. Oh, I know. And it's funny because I actually didn't, Tara wasn't the character that I really related to, but Willow. I think to me, watching Willow go through that whole event just was so hard. It was hard. And it's funny because that actually all happened before I even came out. I mean, when I used to watch Buffy in high school when it was on the air, I had not yet sort of consciously realized a lot of this about myself. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't really come out yet, which uh, I think she meets Tara in like 99 or 2000. Tara dies in 2002, so I think I came out the next year. Yeah. I feel like I'm in this weird generation where, like, I don't hate Kennedy <laughs> because I think Kennedy was the first real first real couple that I saw consciously aware of my own feelings, and so it was sort of that, you know... Plus, she was cute. I mean... She was cute, but, like, come on. Her character was awful. <laughs> I mean, she was terrible, but, like, she was good-looking. She sucked. <laughs> I know, and everyone hates her, and I just can't bring myself to hate her still, because I think it was that was the year I came out, you know, was Willow and Kennedy together, and so that was kind of fun and meaningful for me in certain ways. But the point being, Willow, Willow as a character, as someone who was always kind of nerdy, was, you know, kind of always really into school and learning and computers and all of these things that I think I also related to in a lot of ways. And then watching watching her whole journey as kind of the lead-in to realizing, oh, hey, I also have a lot of those feelings. How mm-hmm. interesting. It's hard to get away from from what those characters become and what place they take up in your lives. You know, same thing. A man hit them when they're at their peak and just knock them right back down is to have gone through the journey, you know, everything in that season and them breaking up and all of the feelings and then they get back together and it's it's beautiful and it's right and you've been waiting for it for so long. And even knowing Joss Whedon, you know... You just still didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. I remember like watching no. that episode and you just got to that ending scene and were in shock. Just yeah. staring at the TV going, this can't be real. <laughs> this fix it. How do you fix it? Yeah, please, please fix it. Well, please. you know, 
I binge Buffy <laughs> last year. I didn't watch it while it was on air. Yeah. And well, it was probably like just before your time, right? It was like just too early, I think, for you to. Yeah, I guess this is. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I was 10 years old in 2002. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, I, so I started watching it now and binge the crap out of it because it's Buffy and yeah. I'm gay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to happen because like you. Right. It's unavoidable can, at that point. You can't not know. Just you, you just, you always know. So I knew that Tara was going to die, but I didn't really, I didn't want to know how. Mm. Right. So I didn't know how. I didn't mm. know when it was going to happen. I was also very shocked and just devastated. Yeah. Ugh. You're so happy. They just got back together. They're just going to skip everything and kiss and it's beautiful. And then out of nowhere, it just it's like a smack in the face. You know, you're not ready for it. Didn't they just get out of bed too? like they had a sex yeah. scene? Do you, want, do you want me to reenact the scene for you? OK, so Tara's standing here. The window's behind her. <laughs> Ugh, don't. But they did just sort of have that, you know, that get back together makeup beautiful moment of you know we need to process and we need to talk but we don't need to do it now because we just are too in love to even handle anything anything right now that is not kissing each other is out of the question and you'd been waiting and you'd gone through so much with them and you are you're just your heart was swelling (laughs) still you were still so happy and then it just like someone just sets it on fire (laughs) Yeah. And watches it burn in front of your eyes. I mean, it was... I could go all day about my thoughts on deaths in Buffy, because I have lots of feelings about the characters that we really care about who die on Buffy, and how they die, and how other characters react to their deaths, and the episodes in which they explore these things. And I still think there's something to be said for it's not something that they fix, you know? Yeah. They can't fix it. It's not a monster. It's not a demon. It's not, you know, Joyce dies from a stroke and Tara dies because of a gunshot. I mean, it's just there are these very quotidian things in a fantastical world that can't be fixed. And I could go all day about that. That's not really what today is about, but... (laughs) (laughs) But But I do have to say them anyways. But Tara's death is still just something that I, yeah, I have a hard time rewatching, you know, and I I love rewatching Buffy. I rewatch the show all the time. I have made my wife rewatch it with me a bunch of times. Um, It's just so good. Anyone listening who has not watched Buffy, sorry for the huge spoiler, but also watch it. But also, it's still so worth watching. Um, But it is hard to watch those episodes. It's hard to watch Tara dying it's hard to watch it's hard to watch Willow respond to it so that is my pick in terms of my most feels for a lesbian character death yeah Um, are you ready to shop Rakuten's big give week is back get 15% back at hundreds of stores and it's all happening this week May 6th to May 13th it's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, 
that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but there is something that I also think is interesting about the, the deaths that we both picked that I wonder if we should talk about quickly, because Plexicon... In terms of prepping for a convention that I think everyone's super excited about, everyone's really looking forward to getting to, you know, see each other, getting to meet people, getting to meet other fans, getting to meet the stars and actresses and everyone that's going to be there. You know, I think what we're trying to do is to also remember why this exists in the first place. But it is interesting that both of the the ones that we picked as being, you know, the ones that we remember most vividly or that, that were the first that we remember experiencing ourselves and discussing how well they actually fit the barrier gaze trope. Yeah, well, because I said Dana Fairbanks, right? But it's almost weird to me to say that she is a barrier gaze, right? Like a like I can't believe they killed a gay character, but it's in the L word. And right. everyone's a lesbian. <laughs> so if you're gonna kill someone, the odds are pretty high they'll be a lesbian. Yeah. It's not like they just killed off the one lesbian character in the show, you know, so it's hard for me to say it's a problematic death. It was very powerful and very upsetting. Yeah. But I don't necessarily know if that is the most problematic of all. There's so many other barrier gays that have been problematic, have been minor characters, a character that people loved and deserved more development and didn't get any, you know? Yeah. So yeah, so it's weird for me to say that She's my barrier gaze, but definitely, yeah. (laughs) I also wonder, especially with Dana, because the thing that I'm curious about is, can there be something positive that you get from these sometimes? You know, is there a silver lining to losing some of these characters? And with Dana especially, I mean, maybe this is just me. My experience from college is because there were an awful lot of lesbians at Mount Holyoke, but not everyone was, you know, and so I think... As a campus, there was a lot more awareness of the L word as a mm-hmm. show and a lot more straight girls who watched the L word. Oh, yeah. Well, my one of my best friends, her, um, her name's Steph. 
doesn't really matter, but I feel like she'll appreciate a shout out. So <laughs> Steph just recently started watching The L Word and she is so straight. She has a boyfriend. She's like never had any sort of lesbian experiences. And she texts me to be like, I just started watching The L Word. I love it. And she got yeah. close to the Dana episodes and she's devastated. Yeah. Yeah. She also is a big friend of the gays. I think what you're sort of trying to say, right, is that even straight people were connected to Dana and felt her death. Right. And I absolutely I agree. It's going to be straight people who are probably not like seriously homophobic if you can make it that far into the outward. Yeah. (laughs) If you can stomach the, you know, however many seasons of uh, lesbian sex that you've just watched, you're probably not staunchly homophobic. Not even necessarily just in terms of, you know, having straight people care about a gay character that dies, but I think in terms of getting closer to understanding why some of these deaths matter so much to us, mm-hmm. you know, because it is something that I've noticed is when you try to explain barrier gays as a problem to a lot of straight people who don't, you know, who don't spend a lot of their time discussing LGBT representation in the media and things like that. So like people who aren't our friends, for example, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's something that you run into a lot is they ju- they just don't understand why it's such a big deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Characters die. Characters die on shows all the time. And it's not like none of those characters are straight as well. But I think that trying to explain, you know, how little representation we have, how not well done that representation frequently is, and how easily these characters are just kind of written out abruptly and unnecessarily or unfairly. It's not something that I think is easy to explain why it why it matters so much. I wonder if it's just, you know, I know a lot of straight people also who watched The L Word, and I know that Dana really hit them hard as well. And so I, you know, I wonder if that kind of starts to give at least the idea, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, of why this is so important. Yeah. And I think the difference that I would say between Dana and, and Tara dying is, you know, I think as you said, there is still a huge outcry in terms of did Dana have to die? You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's a big thing that people still get upset about with that storyline is, was there a reason to kill her off? I've read a lot about this because I, of course, was like, Dana, why did you die? And then, you know, (laughs) you you get into this lesbian hole. Right. And the writer was talking about... I'm going to not make a lesbian hole joke. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) um, The writer was talking about how she killed off Dana because... She knew Dana's death would be impactful. Mm-hmm. She knew that people would care and that it would make a statement about breast cancer. Yeah. That people would really care about. So I do understand that perspective. I understand that from a, I want to say it's not like political perspective, but from like a political perspective, I get that. In terms of the story, did it need to happen? I don't know. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's where I do disagree about Tara. I think Tara as a death was hard. It was done in that way that Joss Whedon likes to rip your heart out, how he takes characters away from you that I think if you've watched a lot of his shows, you'll be familiar with. And I I don't want to get into a huge Joss Whedon discussion, but I think, you know, Joyce is a great example of that. Tara is a great example of that Um, from Buffy. I think Firefly is a great example of that, that a lot of people have strong feelings about as well. But I still do believe very strongly, I think Tara had to die. As much as it kills me. I know. I know. It hurts me to say it. But really, I... And again, I mean, I just have so many feelings and thoughts about Buffy, but I could go all day. I feel like the 
the last season of the show couldn't happen without it. I don't, if you don't have Willow tap into that place and tap into that magic and that capability within herself, there's no ending to the show. There's no season seven. There's no finale. There's no, you know, all those men were powerful and this woman is more powerful than all of them combined. You need that, you you know? Yes. And Ugh. I'm weirdly attracted to Dark Willow. So like, I <laughs> I feel like, yeah, it's fine that she go, she went there, but. <laughs> yeah. Which, and I think all of us had that moment of remembering um, Dark Willow with the dark eyes, with uh, the goo part of Winona Earp last season. We all had flashbacks. It's fine. Yes. You know? Sometimes evil is a little attractive. Yeah. I can agree with you that Tara's death propelled the storyline forward. It was not. Yes unnecessary obviously it was painful oh but it was used to propel the storyline forward it was there for a reason you know Mm -hmm. it it, it didn't just happen kind of out of the blue for for nothing i think it served a purpose and i think that's important because it's hard to have conversations like this without making it sound like shows can't kill off gay characters you know Mm -hmm. of course of course you can they're characters and sometimes you have to have you know characters die or have characters be written off of shows or actors leave or get, you know, things happen. We understand that. But I think I think the bigger issue here is how do you handle that representation? You know, is there a reason for it? Uh, do you do it in a way that kind of leaves a bad taste in people's mouths? You know, and I think having writers, having networks, having shows really engage with and think about how that representation is happening because it's so important and i think that's something you know we've seen a lot of this week especially mm-hmm. yeah for sure for those of you who are following the podcast or if, <laughs> if you have listened to our previous episode our should have been gay for pitch perfect we talked about the chloe and how universal has been queerbaiting us with that but i think the response that we've gotten from that has been overwhelming in that yeah. People want to see positive representation. We know this. But for me, I wanted to take a minute to talk about the importance of queer representation for particularly a younger audience, because in this past week, and even since we've started the podcast, we've gotten a lot, a lot of messages from high schoolers who listen to the podcast, and this is one of the only forms of media that they feel like they have that represents them. You know, and when we talk about being positive queer representation, I think that's who we do it for. And that's those are the most impressionable viewers. And so I think that's why it is so important that networks are cognizant of of the audience that they're affecting with these deaths. The audience is deeply affected, especially younger viewers. Yeah. And not just deaths. I mean, I think just representation in general, you know, we... We absolutely have just been blown away by the the response, by the passion, by the, you know, everything that we've seen from specifically this week from the Bacloe fandom. But I think it's not unique to that fandom. You know, I think it's it's something that's really common is to have things that are marketed to that audience, to younger audiences in a very specific way that leaves them feeling used and leaves them feeling disappointed and leaves them feeling poorly represented. And so I think that is a great example of something. And it's we've heard so much this week. And I think it's been really important to us to see those messages and important to see how 
you know, how that community is sort of supporting each other through all of that. And so it's also why we wanted to, you know, find some way to take something positive out of that again. So I think trying to look for that silver lining, you know, I think the Pitch Perfect movies, how they were marketed, how how that promo was done. There's a lot to be said, and we know we, we certainly don't need to tell you guys uh, about, you know, what that was or what feelings to have about it. But I think we were looking for some way to take something positive out of that. And so that's why we decided to try to s- support a movement to have Universal release the footage of the Bukloe kiss that everyone knows happened. If you go to our public store, you can find uh, a shirt that's a design with the Release the Kiss logo, and we're going to be donating 20% of our proceeds from those shirts to LGBT fans to serve better, because I think it's important to build something from that to help advocate for better re- representation in the media, and that's really what we're hoping is the main takeaway here, especially leading into something like Clexicon, which I think um, this year especially, you know, we talked about this in our interview with with the, the Clexicon founders, is feels more celebratory this year than I think it probably did last Mm -hmm. year. You know, and there are things to celebrate. There are a lot of things that are being done well, and there is a lot of good representation out there, especially in this year 2018 that has brought us so much so far. Yes. Uh, In just a few short months. God, gays aplenty. And it is, you know, we're seeing a lot of good representation. And I think I think organizations like LGBT fans deserve better that are out there trying to raise awareness and advocate on behalf of our community, you know, great people doing great things. And so we wanted to help, help support that. So be sure to check out the shirts if you are interested in helping support that as well. Yes. I just want to say really quickly how much I love the queer community because I feel like at least from what I've seen, every moment of negative representation has been met 20-fold by people pushing for positive, people trying to find the silver lining and trying to create something better and something that represents us. And I just think that's incredible and have so much love for everyone in this community. So I just wanted to share that. (laughs) We love. We love all of you guys. Yeah. We love our gays. We love our queers. Yes. We love our straight allies as well. We love all of you. All of them. Yeah. All right. Well... I guess that's that's a better positive note to end all the sadness of death, right? <laughs> yes. After after processing our feelings uh, via podcast for the past, you know, half hour or so. Yeah, I, the I, end I, is I think love. That, I think we should just end it there. End it on a high note. Uh, we love you guys. We're super excited for Clexcon. We cannot wait to see all of you there. Yes. All right. So with that, we're going to wrap up this one. You can find us on Twitter instagram and facebook at les hangout pod check it out and make sure you go on our twitter retweet our release the kiss tweets we need to get this in front of universal yes also you can email us anytime at les hangout pod at gmail.com we love hearing from you guys so if you have more stories or if you have deaths that impacted you you know send us an email yep or you can check out our website at les If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to leave us a a rating or a review on iTunes. Um, We also love reading those, and it helps us keep the podcast going. Yes, and we actually have just started being played on Radio Public. So if you want to listen there, that actually really helps us. We get paid listens for that, but it's completely free for you. 
So if you want to listen on Radio Public, it works on all devices. You can use the link bit.ly slash leslisten. It is like a free way to help support the podcast if you don't have actual money to either become a patron or buy shirts or, you know, things like that. That's just something easy that you could do to help support us. Yes. All you have to do is use the Radio Public Player. Super easy. And if you want to follow us individually, the best place to find me is at Ellie Brigida on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at LSH Foster. And with that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out, out.